Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Thrive After Sports podcast. If you're tuning in with us on the power of story, thank you for being there as well. I got a special guest in the building, somebody who's become a good friend over these past few months. We've been working on a lot of exciting things together. I'm thrilled to have connected with this man because I love the work he's doing at my alma mater, Stony Brook University. We got Mr. Isidro Fortuna, a.k.a. Izzy, on the line. What's going on, Izzy? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you so much. Definitely appreciate the support. And uh, any like again, like you've been a huge partner and just a really big uh, thought partner in, in all this, man. Thank you. Man, thank you, Izzy. It's a, it's a pleasure, man. I'm glad we got connected. And uh, I'm excited for not only to for the listeners to hear your journey today, but for everybody to hear about all the amazing things you're up to at Stony Brook. Like you said, you know, you wish you could clone yourself. You got so many, you wear so many hats over there, man. You play baseball. <laughs> man, you were a baseball player at Stony Brook. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like, um, what was your career like there? And as you started to wind down a little bit, did you have aspirations of playing at the professional level or talk about that a little bit for us? Oh, man. Oh, I mean, everybody does, man. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I can go as far back, you know, even even before uh, before um, uh, Stony Brook. Um, you know, I was born in the beautiful island of the Dominican Republic. Um, I came here when I was about th- two, three years old. And, you know, if you know anything about Dominicans, we love baseball. Like that, 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 that's our, that's our lifeline. That's our bloodline. And, you know, baseball is something that allowed for me to use, uh, allowed for me to further my education. Um, it kept me in line um, and it kept, it kept me motivated. Uh, and it always constantly, you know, put me in this mindset of thinking about the future, thinking about like what's next. Uh, so I definitely owe, you know, owe thanks to, to the sport of baseball, um, to, you know, the, all, all the, all the organizations, you know, even before I got to college that allowed for me to, um, you know, build, you know, build myself, uh, you know, take, take, a, take accountability for, you know, for, for the, you know, for the, the craft of, of playing the sport. Um, and molded me into the person that I am today. So I definitely, you know, before I, before I say anything, I, I just want to definitely give a shout out to, you know, the Bonnie Youth um, uh, Baseball Organization in Brooklyn, um, you know, the coaching staff over there, and, you know, all the lifelong, all the lifelong friends that I, you know, um, that I have because of that organization. Um, so definitely, you know, give, you know, give them a shout out. But yeah, thinking about like what baseball has meant to me and what, what it, it has actually done for me, um, and, you know, leading up to my experience uh, here at Stony Brook, you know, like it gave me the opportunity for me to go to college. You know, I did have a chance to go, you know, you know, the, the, the potential of playing pro. Um, but again, like, you know, things happen and and I'm, and I'm glad that baseball got me to college and, and helped me be, be a, a successful student athlete here at Stony Brook. Um, you know, my recruitment process was very, very, very interesting because like, during my high school, during my high school, junior and senior year, you know, like I had some of my some of my uh, classmates who. They were struggling with their SATs. They were struggling with, you know, like, what school am I going to go to? Um, and here am I. Like, I already knew what school I was going to go to. I handpicked the school. Um, and, I, like, I knew what I was getting myself into. So uh, I was very fortunate and, and, and blessed uh, to actually have that opportunity. And, you know, my, my experience here at Stony Brook, you know, like I'm like, like if you think about it, like I'm, I'm working now at Stony Brook. So, like, I had a, I had a really great experience. Um, my freshman year, you know, like I didn't get I didn't get to play a lot. Uh, but what I did was I learned from a lot of the uh, juniors and seniors, um, you know, in the space. I, and they were incredible mentors. 
they definitely, you know, they, you know, I, I learned a lot from like how, how to approach the game, especially the college game, because it's, it's like when you're going from high school to, uh, to college, like the game is so much faster. Um, like I said, there's like, there's like a game within a game and, you know, playing, you know, playing city ball is very different. It's, you know, and it's, and it's, it, it, it took me a while for me to like find myself within the college game. Uh, but once on once I was able to, um, you know, my talents took care of itself and, and we were able to win a conference championship by uh, my second year. So like, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I definitely had a really great experience, you know, did a lot of winning here at Stony Brook. Um, and, you know, even, even after I left Stony Brook, you know, we continued that, that winning culture. Um, and, and, and again, like I, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm glad to be back out here at um, Stony Brook. That's awesome, man. I didn't even know you won a, uh, a championship while you were there. I, I don't know if you never told me that or I just didn't know about it, but that's dope, man. What a way to go out. Nah, honestly, it's funny because like, I, I don't, I don't really tell people a lot about it, but, um, but like when folks like walking around the building and, and they look at the, like the championship hall, the wall, the wall of champions. And like, they see my picture there and they're like, Oh, is he that you? I'm like, yeah, that, that was me right there. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, it's hilarious. But like, it's, you know, um, I, I again, like I, I had a blast as a student athlete. Yeah, you're a humble dude. You never have that picture like blown up and have it hanging in your office or something. That might be <laughs> that might be doing too much, you know. That might be too much, man. That might be too much. <laughs> That's funny, oh, man. man. So, do you think that, um, and like I mentioned at the beginning, for everybody who doesn't know, Izzy's the director of life skills, which means you've essentially helped student athletes at Stony Brook get prepared for life when they're done, when they graduate, when they're done playing their sport. Now, what had you decide, like, I know it's probably a long journey getting into that type of work, but what made you decide to go this route? How did you end up at Stony Brook? I, like, when I graduated, I wanted to get as far away from Stony Brook as possible. Um, and not because, I again, like, I, I enjoyed the experience, but, like, I wanted to try something new. I wanted to, because I knew my career was over as, a, as, a, uh, as an athlete. So I knew, you know, I, I was coming back to New York City. And, you know, I, I had a passion for helping people. I always, that's, that's something that, 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 that I was born with. Like I always, I was, always, I was that one person in the classroom that if, if someone was being bullied, I was always sticking up for them. And, and I always, and I was always the friends with the, with the kid that was bullied. Like that was like, that was the kid that was my friend. And I always made sure like, Hey, like, let's make sure like, let's not pick on anybody. Like that, that's not cool. Um, and you know, I, I connected with the organization called Henry Fee Settlement, um, and located located in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And they, you know, they basically like gave me the opportunity for me to, um, you know, to test this craft of like how to how like how to help people, um, and entering the helping professions. Um, and that's where I'm. And honestly, that's where I'm. That's where I met one of my uh, San Lao baseball coaches there. Uh, his name is Daryl Daryl Tibu. Um, and that's how I was connected to to the, to the Bani Youth Organization. And so on, so on, and so forth. But I, I think you know, uh, you know, like prior to me, you know, getting to Stony Brook, um, Courtney, uh, Courtney Ricard, who I think you, you know, you know, um, you know, who's uh, no longer here at Stony Brook, but she played a, a huge role in, you know, in supporting me here, like while I was at, while, while I was a student athlete. And then she actually, you know, she was like, you know, recruiting me to, to like to come back to Stony Brook in some in some form or fashion. And I would say maybe like a couple of months before I um I even knew about the position, you know I I was working I was a uh, a school leader with um at a elementary school in uh, in East Harlem, um a school that I I you know the staff and, and the children at the school I loved, 
Um, and I was a, a community school director. And that was that was a role that honestly, like I always knew that that was for me um, because it allowed for me to, you know, you to, you know, tap into like my my creative side, um, build programming, you know, to serve, you know, to serve a community, uh, work with families and have an impact at the at the at the leadership level, you know, because I was working alongside the principal with the, with the parent coordinators and school leaders. Um, and that was a, that was an amazing opportunity I had there, and that was uh, through through a organization or organization called um, uh, Partnership with uh, with Children, and they're they're dope. So like, if you have anyone that wants to work and wants to learn how to be a social worker and work in a school environment, that's an organization right there. Uh, they're, they're really dope. Um, and out of nowhere, I get a phone call, and and then it's corny, like, hey, like, would you be interested in this position? And I'm like. I didn't believe her at first. I was like, you know, like it, it's too good to be true, um, because like if if you look at, if you look at like all my experiences as a, uh, you know, as, like in the nonprofit sector and, and the program building, uh, being a, a college counselor, um, working with college students in a non-traditional space, um, and like all that experience has led me to this to like to come back to Stony Brook. Um, and because, you know, because I'm a, I'm a former student athlete, I understand what, you know, what are the challenges that student athletes are facing. Um, and also I understand the, the potential that they, that, that they all have and, 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 that, and that they all bring to the table. So, like, I think, you know, it was it was some way it was destined and it happened. Um, and, and I'm glad that it did. It sounds like you had a fairly I don't want to say smooth transition, because obviously, you, you know, it's tough to let go of any sport. But like you said, when you were done playing you sort of threw yourself into these experiences. You knew you wanted to serve people. You knew you wanted to help people. Like you said, everything you did led up to this point. But was there any challenges that you faced, I guess, like immediately after college? Like, man, I'm no longer easy the baseball player. Were you dealing with any of that or was it kind of just smooth? Oh, man. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this story. So, like, my, at the end of my junior year, I had a um, – like during my junior year, I had a really good uh, a junior year and I had the potential of uh, of being drafted. And a cross checker had, had come down, um, was really excited about me. And, you know, I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to get drafted. It's going to happen. And about a couple of weeks later, um, I I have a, you know, a season ending injury, um, basically like tearing up my, my right leg. And that that honestly put me in a very dark place, um, especially that summer where I had to rehab the whole entire summer. Um, I lost my opportunity. I'm um, like, you know, everything, everything that I, I actually worked for, like, you know, like I, I positioned everything in my life, um, you know, go, like, to become a, a major league baseball player and having it taken away, especially after my, like during like at the end of that junior year in that way, you know, and then not, and not being able to make, the um uh the the, the conference uh, playoffs that uh, that year like it, it hit me really hard, um and it took a lot out of me especially that like that summer that that like that summer between my junior and my senior year, um I can I, I rehab the whole entire summer I lost weight I got I got in the best shape of my life, um and senior year came around and I was still struggling with like with with my with my uh, with my leg. Um, but through the, you know, but through the, you know, through rigorous training, I was able to, you know, continue to lose weight and get, and get myself into even get myself stronger. Um, but the foot just wasn't just, just like, wasn't coming around. Um, I had a pretty good, you know, senior year, but it wasn't up to my standards. And 
towards like the towards the end of the of the of the of, of the season, I kind of knew like like I'm not this is not gonna happen for me. Um, but you know, you still you still always hold hope. Um, you still always you know think about like all right, like I can I can figure this out. Um, but I always but even before college, I, I made a, I made a deal with myself that if I ever go to college uh, to play you know to play baseball, that I need to be honest with myself at the end of my senior year or at the end of my stay in college. And if I'm not going to go pro, then I need to stop and, and, and make an adjustment um, because I, like, I, because I knew myself, like, like if I didn't, if I didn't, I, I, I would have never quit. <laughs> I would have been there. The whole, like I would have figured out, I would have traveled to, to Japan. I would have gone to Korea. I, I would have figured it out. And, and I just knew like, if it's either I go that route or I'm going to have to switch careers and just do something else. Um, and, you know, my senior year ended, ended in a very, you know, uh, you know, like we, we had a very successful year that year, but we, but we didn't make the NCAA, um, NCAA tournament. Um, and that senior year, like I had to come back, you know, as a, as a non-student athlete uh, to campus. And I was in a huge depression. Like that summer, uh, the fact that first fall semester, I almost, I almost failed out that, that fall semester. And, and I had a very, you know, I had a very tough conversation with like, you know, a couple of my friends, uh, with family about like like what is like what's important for me right now, and you know I was walking back from uh, the sports complex and I was walking back to my dorm um, to Tabler, and halfway like in between like rock like there, there's like a rock that was like on the side of like the uh, of a path, and I sat down and I started crying. I was crying, and like there were students that were passing by and they're looking at me, and I was crying. I was bawling. And, you know, like not many people know the story, but like that had a huge impact on my life because I it was the first time that I was actually able to, to release and, and like, like just let it go. And, you know, I, I did, you know, I did some counseling, um, you know, and, and I spoke to people, you know, I spoke to Courtney about this. I, you know, I spoke to, you know, just other folks um, on campus, you know, that I can, you know, that hopefully that they know that, that, that could have helped me. Um, and. Luckily, I was able to get, you know, finally get to that, that spring semester and graduate. Um, but even then, like, you know, uh, it, it, it was hard. It was hard for me because I, I didn't know how to be just a student. I knew how to be a student athlete. I didn't know how to be just a student. Um, so, yeah, so, like, I, I think, you know, for any student, any student that's going through that, you know, the most important thing is to ask for help, man. Because I, I think I never want anyone to be in that, in that dark phase of their lives. Um, because you never know what you, what you, what, what you would do. Like I was, I wasn't going to class. I was like, I would get, I would get up in the morning and I would brush my teeth, take a shower and I wouldn't eat. I would skip breakfast and I would start walking to class and I would go right back to my dorm and, and go under and, and like go, go back to sleep. And I was doing that for like two, three, four weeks. Mm. And again, like I, I got it. Like, and and it, it, it felt like, two three days but it was actually like th two three weeks wow man easy i want to stay on this for a second because this is important man and you know this especially for you know us to be on here as two men of color to be for you to talk about having to have that release and then going to actually get help and getting counseling now you could have just been like nah i'm gonna deal with it on my own i'm good what was that moment because a lot of people go through that and even if they have the release in private, yours was more public. Like you said, you were on the rock with students walking by, but you had the release. And that's the important thing. 
But what is the thing that actually had you say, okay, I'm actually going to get help. I'm going to start talking to people. I'm going to reach out to a counselor. What, what had you, what was the shift in your mind that had that happen? I think honestly, it was just hitting rock bottom. Like I got the, I got the, the, you know, the financial aid bill, you know, my mom was going, was going to find out uh, about like all the things that I was, that I was, that I was going through. And, you know, when, when, like, when, when you're thinking about like mental health, especially, you know, in the, in the black and, and, and Latinx community, we don't talk about like, like our own personal feelings. Like the, the, the way that you taught, the way, like what you taught about mental health is deal with it yourself. You know, if you are going to ask for help, ask for help outside of the family. Don't ask us, ask someone else. So like, right. it's a very, it's, it's a very private thing. Um, and and, and and it's not and again like it's not it's not to blame my family it's not to blame my culture or anything like that it's just that's just how it is and and it took me to hit rock bottom and like for me like that was literally I was on a rock <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to hit rock bottom and you know for some of us it's it takes that it takes that um some of us you know it, it's our pride that 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 holds us back um from actually asking for help um you know, and, and it, it took me a while for me to ask for, ask for help. Uh, that was that was that was something that I always struggled with, even in college. Like asking for help. Like if I was struggling with something, I I, I knew that I was gonna have to be the person to figure it out. You know, if it was like my uh, mom, you know, if I was struggling athletically, you know, I knew that I had to put in the hours. I had to you know get in the cage. You know, like like do like do my homework, studies, like study the you know the 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 opposition. You know, take extra swings, you know, before and after practice like that, like that was me. Um, but when it came to something like this, when it came to mental health, it was like, all right, like, again, like this is just like I have to figure this out on my own. Um, but luckily, because I because I knew and I knew about the resources, you know, and sometimes it, sometimes it's, it's just that like if you just know that there are resources, then it'll be a lot easier for you to ask for help. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, man. I'm glad you did, because. Like I said, you, you could have gone a totally different way. And I know a lot of athletes do. It took me so long, man. Like you did that while you were still in school. It probably took me two or three years after college to start reaching out for help. And I know a lot of people, that's the case. So props to you for, you know, nipping it in the bud, addressing it early, being willing to be vulnerable and talk to other people and give yourself permission to have that release to move through it. So that's a beautiful thing, man. Thank you for sharing that, Izzy. No, no and, thank um, you. And, and, and I think I think it also has to do with like, you know, there's, there's a term called athletic identity. And that's something even even like after I was able to like reach out and get help, even after that, like, you know, in my first couple of years after I graduated college and I was, you know, figuring out who I was as, as a person uh, outside of Izzy the athlete, you know, that athletic identity was still with me, you know. And, and again, like there are some positives when it comes to it. There are a lot of positives, you know, working hard, you know, working within a team, like, taking pride in the fact that, you know, you were a, a former, a former athlete, but you don't realize that because you, you, you know, when your career is over and you still have, you know, some of, some of that mentality, it can, ha it can have a negative impact on your life. Um, so it's important that, you know, you have that healthy transition, you know, you still hold on to some of the, some of the things that helped you mold, you know, mold you into the person that you are today, but it's also, you know, you have to be aware of like, you know, there's certain things that, you know, you want to leave in the past, <laughs> you know, and, and it's important for you. And it, it, like, like, because again, like it's not going to serve you better now. So it's, it's important that you understand like what's important for you to leave behind and what's important for you to, you know, keep with you to, you know, to move forward. Mm, that's real. That's some strong advice right there, man. Thank you for that too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we come full circle. Like you said, you end up back at Stony Brook 
And I know this is a loaded question, Izzy, because you wear many hats. You do many different things. But what we have a lot of athletes who listen into the show and a lot of them want to work in athletics. And I think um, even like life skills coordinators or directors of life skills, would you say this is a fairly not not new, but fairly there's more emphasis put on these departments in recent years, at least within the past decade or so, for sure, the past five years. Would you say would you say that's the case? Yeah, it's um, I'll be honest with you. I never heard of it. Like I've never heard of this position even before I, I, I got to Stony Brook. Um, and I, I and I think, you know, and I'm glad that Stony Brook, you know, uh, I, I want to say this this position was uh, has been in existence for about five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm glad that Stony Brook actually you know, created this position because we have so many athletes who are going through the program and they're having successful you know, athletic careers, but it takes them a while for them to, to transition into, you know, into the workforce. Or for example, if they want to have, if they want to explore different opportunities, it takes them a while for that, for them to do that. Um, because again, like they're leading with their athletic identity. They're leading with, you know what, like uh, I'm an athlete, I, I'm an athlete student instead of a student athlete. So I'm glad that Sonnenberg actually did that. Yeah, me too, man. And um, thank you for clarifying that. Cause I wasn't sure either. I was like, when I was in school, I graduated 2013. And I definitely had never heard of a life skills coordinator or director of life skills. So I'm glad. And like you said, it's it's good to see that things are moving in the right direction where there's actual resources being put forth to be able to help student athletes after their careers. And you're the perfect man for the job. So the question I wanted to ask you was, what does a director of life skills do? If you can sum it up, you know, we might need another <laughs> few hours, you know what I'm saying? But oh, if, you get, if you could briefly sum it up. I'll tell you this, man. I, I think I've had... I think my role as the director of life skills has has changed about three times in the last like two years since mm-hmm. since I've been here, um, and yeah. So, I mean, and, and, I, and I'll say it in a good way because um, what I what I do enjoy about this position is that it allows for me to be kind of like a, a chameleon, and and what that what that allows for me to do is design program and have resources that are tailored to the student athlete right now. I can impact them later on. You know, um, and so like, for example, like right now uh, we have name, image and likeness that, that just passed. Um, and, you know, right now, like this is an opportunity for student athletes to benefit monetarily from, you know, from their own brand, from their own um, name, image and likeness. And that right there is going to is going to is, is going to substantially impact my role as the, the, uh, the director of life skills. Um, and the reason why is because. I have to have I have to have full knowledge of how that particular policy is going to impact the lives of those students, you know. And even even to even like like take it a step further, how is that going to impact the pockets of those student athletes, right? Because when we're thinking about name name image and likeness and how students can actually start to you know make some money on the side for themselves um, and not have like for example their um, their uh, their eligibility impacted um, now. You know, we have to. We have to be. I have to be very cognizant of how, like, like our students and 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 financial management when it comes to how are you creating a budget for yourself. What are the tax implications when it comes to you know you you uh you having you having you know an additional stream of income. Um, how how is this how is this additional stream stream of income going to impact you know your your financial aid? How is that going to impact your your family? Like in terms of like. Uh, um, your, your financial aid package, like how is that going to impact? Them? You know, if if you're making a, uh, x amount of money, 
is that is that money going to take your family into a different tax bracket? You know, and these are, these are some of the things that, you know, that uh, I, I know student athletes aren't really thinking about because I didn't, even, I didn't start thinking about that until actually the policy actually passed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, so how is this going to impact them like beyond them actually making money? Like how, like what's, what's the true impact of this? Short term, medium term and long term. So like, I know I went off on a tangent when it, when it came to the NIL, but like that's something that come, that's fresh on my mind. And that, and so like what I've been able to do with like with name, image and likeness and, you know, with the leadership of Debbie, uh, who's amazing. Uh, and Debbie, who served as the, the who served as the, uh, the senior women's administrator um, and, so, uh, and the um, associate, associate uh, uh, athletic director uh, for compliance. And so she, she oversees both um, life skills and ac- academic uh, success. And, you know, she is, she wears many hats and, NIL is, is very, like she has to be the expert on NIL because she she understands that how, like you know if 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 our student athletes are not fully versed as to how to take advantage of it you know they can they can be liable for different things so we want we so we we definitely have to make sure we you know we, we're all educated on on uh, NIL policy um, and then also you know we've partnered up with influencer um, which I know I don't know if you've heard of them but like they they they're basically Look, uh, looking at um, a student profiles, a social media profile, engaging um, uh, what's their what's their like dollar value um, as um, what's the what's their brand dollar value on, on social media, um, which again like that that's a complete game changer because <laughs> like, like imagine back in our days like if we, if we had social media and we and we can take advantage of that like think about that like if we were able to take advantage of that like how that like that would have changed the lives of us as student athletes. So I think, you know, our student athletes right now, like they're living through history. Um, you know, they're, they're the first group um, that's going to go through this iteration of NIL. Um, and I'm excited for them. Um, and, and in terms of life skills, like, you know, what, like what it, it, what it was to what it is right now, like right now, like I'm more focused towards their career and leadership development. Um, and, and I, honestly, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, that I, that, that I have a passion for um, because I understand like the, 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 the true, like, like the true implications of, you know, not addressing some of those things when it comes to career early on in, in, in their college, in their college process, in their college um, uh, experience. Um, and we're not waiting until their senior year to backload all those different things that they, they should have taken care of um, during the freshman and sophomore year and not wait until the senior year to actually rush all this. Um, so, yeah, so like it's, it's, I wear many hats. Um, I, I wish I could tell you every single one of the things that I do, but uh, I, 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 maybe, maybe this, maybe this semester I might do this. Um, following semester, I might do something else, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's all, you know, it's all great because I know that it's, it's, it's positive, it's positively impacting the lives of, uh, of uh, student athletes. Um, I, I didn't even, I didn't even get to mention this. Um, so I also sit on the Spread Respect Advisory Group. Um, uh, which is basically the uh, the group that that um, um that was formed by the American East Conference, um, that which is basically creating the diversity, equity, inclusion strategy as a conference, um, and it's a uh, um, and it's a, and it's it's it, it was a great, really great experience because I was able to work with uh, other administrators, other student athletes, and other uh, coaches and uh, supportive staff um, across the American East Conference which is really great. It was a really great experience. I learned a lot from them. 
Uh, they learned they learned a lot from me, um, and I'm really excited about the direction. You know, not only just as a conference when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, but also um, uh, at Stony Brook, um, because you know we've been a leader when it comes to like that like that particular uh, topic. Um, and we have an amazing partner in Dr. Dr. Jude Clark on campus, who is the vice president. And she's she's gonna she's gonna kill me when I say this. She's the vice president of that oh my god I, I completely and she she just told me her position too so she's um she was a chief she was a chief diversity officer but now she's the vice president of um oh my god the vice president of that is not the vice president of diversity equity inclusion but she's she is a person on campus that uh she's gonna set the strategy for the campus when it comes to diversity equity inclusion she's, she's gonna set the vision um and she's also a former student athlete herself not here at Stonebrook, but at michigan state she's a former olympian and she's an amazing partner and i'm i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to working with her uh, we'll continue to work with her and all, all the resources that she has um you know at her disposal that's awesome man yeah is it you like we said you wear a lot of different hats there's a lot of different layers to what you do. It sounds like it's a role that's constantly evolving and is going to continue to evolve, especially with NIL laws. Like you said, it's an exciting time for student athletes. It's an exciting time for people who are involved in athletic departments. And um, man, you need some help, man. You need a, you need like an assistant or something. You need an executive assistant, man. You need something. Oh, you gotta... man. <laughs> man. I need a whole team, man. I need a whole team. Yeah, you need a whole team, man. That, that's what it sounds like. And who knows? Maybe that's that's on the way for you. But that's awesome, man. I want to be respectful of your time. I know we could easily keep this conversation going for, for much longer, but you've already given us so much. And I definitely appreciate all the work you do, man. I, I want to um, make sure I give people an opportunity to connect with you. So please tell people how they can get in touch, where they can follow you on social media. Oh, definitely. So, I mean, I'm not the best in terms of social media. Uh, I actually was, what's funny about that is I didn't have, my my personal Instagram uh, is about three years old, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> which is funny because like I because of my work uh, and life skills. Uh, so I, I also manage the the life skills Instagram. Um, so if you go on, I believe it's uh, Stony Brook Life Skills. I uh, follow Stony Brook, uh, Stony Brook Life Skills. Um, definitely like you know reach out through there uh definitely connect i don't mind connecting i don't mind helping others who are trying to figure out how to get into how to, how to get into uh athletics um because again like getting into athletics is such so difficult um because you have to you have to, you have to know the right people um you have to know the right programs um and and again like you have to get in wherever, wherever you can and then build yourself out through there. Um, but like, like the way that I go, you know, I, I was fortunate that I already had a connection and because of, because I was an alumni, like this was a, you know, it was fairly easy for me to just come in and like, and, and do the work. So, yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to do this. Every day. <laughs> like I always tell you, I, I greatly appreciate the work you do. I know I'm a little biased because I went to Stony Brook. But I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of life skills coordinators or director of life skills. And I really do feel like Stony Brook is on the cutting edge in many ways in terms of not just checking the box to say, hey, look at what we're doing for our student athletes, but actually putting systems into place to support the athletes. Like I said, man, I wish you were there when I was at Stony Brook. You're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you for all the work you do. Thank I'm you, excited brother. to uh, continue to co collaborate with you and, and continue this mission we're all together, bro. So much love, Izzy. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, man. Have a good one, man. Yes, sir. You too. Take care.